The New Orleans Pelicans are fighting for seeding with their regular season home finale tonight against the New York Knicks and then traveling to Minnesota on Sunday. What do we think is going to happen? Breaking news this morning. I'm sure none of you will be shocked to hear the news about Zion if you haven't heard it already. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Saints and what position are they eyeing? What should they be looking at as far as the early part of the NFL draft, which starts in less than three weeks now? If you say quarterback, you cuckoo. No rants on that, maybe just a little bit. But I promise you, we're not even going to mention the DMV. Not even once. I won't say DMV again. Maybe I'm lying. Maybe I'm not. You'll have to find out. It's coming up next on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where are you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who keep tripping over those damn Easter eggs that stupid bunny left in the front yard. They're just plastic. If they're not plastic, we got another problem. Hello, everybody. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate at bet.nola.com. This is Datitude for a good Friday, April the 7th, 2023. And breaking news. That's right, breaking news. Reported this morning by, you know, I'd, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed I'd never heard of this guy Shams before on Twitter. Uh, my son texted me this morning. He's all distraught. I don't understand why he's distraught. It's nothing. It's not a surprise. No one should be surprised by the quote-unquote breaking news. Shams says, whoever Shams is, of The Athletic. In fact, let me call it up here on live podcast. Well, it's not live when you listen to it, but it's live when I'm talking to you. He says, quote, Pelican star Zion Williamson, sidelined since January 2nd with a hamstring strain, is unlikely to return to action in next week's play-in tournament, sources tell The Athletic. The team has been cautious with Williams' comeback as he continues the rehab process. Who in their right mind would be surprised by this story? Not a single person on the planet. I have never seen, and I'm not, I'm not saying whether they're doing the right thing, the wrong thing, or whatever, because um, I'm not a doctor. I didn't sleep in a Holiday Inn Express last night, and I have no idea. So I don't know if sitting Zion is the right thing or not. Um, you're fighting for, there's no question this team is a different team with Zion on the floor. I mean, I don't think anyone denies that. But you have to look at it realistically. Can the Pelicans be that top-notch team, I mean, how far do you want them to go? You know, people always talk about the Saints and like, well, they can't win it. The LSU, they can't win a championship without such and such. The Saints can't do this without such and such. They can't go to the next level of the playoffs. They can't go to the championship game. Why is it different for the Pelicans then? And is this team looking at things differently? How cautious are they being with Zion Williamson? That's the question that I want to know. And it seems like this is always a topic of conversation because it is. But, you know, as they travel and they enter and they go into the play-in tournament, let's assume they're going to be the 8 seed because that is the most likely spot. They're either going to be 8 or 9. There's about a 60 to 7. Now, you know what? I'm going to go even beyond that. I'm going to say there's a 70 to 80% chance that they're either the 8 or the 9 seed, which means if you're the 8 seed, you go on the road and probably play the Lakers in the first play-in. If you were to win that, great. You move on and you're in the playoffs. But if you don't win that, then you got to come home and face the 9-10 winner, which could be the Timberwolves, which could be the Mavericks. And if you don't win at Minnesota on Sunday, you're most likely going to be the 9 seed, which means you have to do what you did last year. You have to win at home and beat whoever the 10 seed is, either Dallas or Oklahoma City. And then you have to go on the road and play the loser of the Lakers and, um, I don't know, who am I forgetting here? Lakers and T-Wolves because you would be in the nine spot. And do you really want to do that? Of course not. And you have to do it without Zion. So 
it's important that you get him back for this play-in. If you're even thinking about playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Yeah, I couldn't resist. You knew I couldn't resist. I mean, I, I'm trying not to say it. Playoffs? No, you can't do it. That's where I am again. Yep. So, I mean, I said no ranting about quarterbacks with the DMV up. I mentioned it. I said I wasn't going to mention it. But I can't help but rant about Zion. I mean, it's getting old. I mean, I don't, again, I don't know whether this team is being too conservative, too cautious. But to me, unless he just can't play, and, and I'm hoping that's what it is. I mean, well, not really. I mean, I don't want to hope the kid can't play. But you would hope that if he's able to play, that you would put him out there. Oh, we don't want to risk it because um, it could affect how he starts next year and blah. We don't want to extend his injury anymore. Get him the hell out there. I mean, that's where I'm at right now. Unless he absolutely cannot play, get him the hell out there. I mean, what are you saving him for? Oh, he can have a setback. So what? If he is a setback, he has a setback. I mean, what are you? How long are we going to baby this kid? It's it's frustrating, man. It really is frustrating. And um, you know, I know fans get frustrated. And I try not to show my frustration about this because I I get that injuries can linger. And you're talking about a 22 year old kid, and you don't want to mess up his career. You know what? At this point, you're paying him all this money. Get him on the damn floor. We'll see what happens. But uh, look. I have said this, and I mean it. The Pelicans have played the last few months, like, uh, last few months, the last few weeks, uh, last three, four weeks, like, they don't expect Zion to come back. You can see that. It's like last year. Once they got it out of their system, like, you know what? Zion's not coming back. We're just going to do this by ourselves and find a way to make it happen and forget. I mean, it's glad he's on. we're glad he's on the bench and we can dap hands with him and he can come over and talk to us, but we're not going to have him. Might not have Jose Alvarado. You don't know who you're going to have. You just got to do it with what you do have. And uh, if it's any indication, you know, Trey Murphy's taking this team, put him on his shoulders. Brandon Ingram is playing at a completely different level. He's playing beyond all-star level. So I think this team, look, the future is bright for this team, and I'm not just talking about next year. I can tell you right now, I know a lot of people are down on him, but I wouldn't want to play this team right now. I mean, you don't know what you have. The, to me, there are only... There are only three or four teams in the NBA that I think the Pelicans just can't beat. And when you get to the playoffs, assuming Memphis is healthy, I mean, I don't want to – the Pels played Memphis ten times, and that's with Ja Morant. I know they won the other night without him, but just think of what they had to do to win that game, and Ja Morant didn't play. They don't match up well with Memphis. So Memphis is going to be the two seed. So you win that 7-8 game, and you get Memphis in a series, and you probably can – I mean, in the grand scheme of things, let's be real. Kiss the playoffs goodbye. But it would be a win, right? I don't know, baby steps. We keep saying baby steps, and this team keeps, they, they get to a certain level, and they, like, top out. At what point is that going to end? And it's frustrating. So we're going to talk about that. Rod Walker is on the show this morning, columnist at the Times Picayune, the Advocate. Uh, Rod and I have worked together closely for about 10 years now. Uh, we've been in a lot of the same circles. Our careers have, the last 10 years, have followed similar paths, so it's been interesting. Um, he's going to come on the show. He, uh, he has followed the Pelicans very, very closely along the way, uh, writing a lot about them as of late. And then, of course, we're going to talk Saints. Um, and Saints, as they get now within three weeks of the draft, I keep hearing what position the Saints should, and look, it's a great topic it's things that, you know, 15, 20 years ago we didn't talk about until like the week before the draft maybe. You'd get one person talking about it. Now everyone talks about the NBA, the NFL draft. Um, sheer genius by the NFL, by the way. Uh, but what position do they need most? Mock drafts that I read say defensive linemen. You may say defensive linemen. As long as you don't say quarterback, we're probably good. Uh, they do not and should not draft a quarterback any high, in my opinion, anywhere before the fourth round. If you want to draft a quarterback after the fourth round and give somebody a shot or whatever, fine. But um, you have your starting quarterback, barring injury, for at least the next four years and probably more like six. And to me, you have a backup quarterback in Jameis Winston 
who wants to be here and very well could be here for a long time. We'll see how that works out. So, again, you know, they bring in Hendon Hooker this week. Do you really want to bring in, do you want to draft a guy? First of all, it's going to take probably the second-round pick to get Hendon Hooker. Do you want to spend a second-round pick on a guy who's coming off an ACL injury and is going to be 25 years old and won't be able to play until he's 26, 27 at the earliest because you already have a quarterback. And so then he's a backup until he's 28 or 29. It doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does, Terry. Derek Carr sucks. Jameis Winston sucks. We need a quarterback. You're wrong. If you're in your car saying that, especially if you're saying it with that pitch, you're wrong. You're 100% wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. Ah, you knew I'd get it in some kind of way. And what a perfect spot. Because, seriously, if you think the Saints should draft a quarterback, you need to check yourself. Maybe I need to check myself. I don't know. I'm just trying to uh, look ahead to this weekend, you know, where getting together with family on Sunday, having a big crawfish boil. Um, it's going to be fun. But uh, Saturday, you know, the kids are home all week next week. What am I supposed to do with them when, you know, got to have a podcast. Maybe I'll have them on. Have you ever heard a seven-year-old talk about, a seven-year-old girl talk about the Pelicans and the Saints for an hour? I bet we could find a way to do it. I mean, she is a dairy. What about an 11-year-old that doesn't care one iota about sports? You know, I don't know. Some of you probably think I don't care one iota about sports. The fact that I'm making you listen to this drivel for this long. So let's get to our guest before... I lose the last two of you that are still listening to this podcast. Um, so let's bring on Rod Walker and see what he has to say. And then when, it, when he's done, we're going to come back and finish with our wrap it up song and send you into the Easter weekend with some fun. What would the Pelicans do? What will they do this weekend? Will they give us a good weekend? Will it not be so good? I don't know. But my song is, um, you know, a little tilted towards my feelings about Zion Williamson. We'll find out what it is after we talk to Rod. Rod Walker, how are you doing this morning? We'll talk. We'll get to the news in just a minute. I want to find out about you right now. I'm doing good, man. It's you know busy time as always in this city when it comes to sports. Never ends, does it? Never ends, man. I was thinking about last night out the, uh, in a, especially NFL. You know, you think about the off season and they're just really not wanting anymore. They've sort of made it a 12 month a year cycle, man. It just crazy <laughs> i know it's you know and when i got in this business for the first 10 or so years you know i've been in doing this is my 32nd 33rd year something like that and when i first got in the business ag clerk you know from about may to june to Ju may to the end of july there was nothing yeah. i mean you, you that's when you take your vacation there's nothing going on now <laughs> yeah now you gotta squeeze, you try to squeeze a vacation in somewhere wherever so. you can find it that's what yeah. you do all yeah. right let's let's look at our uh, topics this morning what we're going to be talking about and obviously we're going to be talking about the pelicans mostly uh of course we're going to dive into the saints at the very end there uh but as far as the pelicans go you know i, I put this uh, graphic together before we find out some news this morning but it's still true the final picture should be clear in just a bit um, as the Pels take on the Knicks tonight. Final regular season home finale against the New York Knicks before they travel to play Minnesota on Sunday to end the regular season. And then as far as the Saints are going, we'll be talking about um, what position should they be looking at. I think I'm in disagreement with most of my colleagues, which I guess isn't always a bad thing. I was in agreement with them when, when, it, when it came to what their final record would be, and I was wrong. we were all wrong about that. And then the Hendon Hooker visit, does it actually mean anything? Uh, we'll talk about that with Rod in just a little bit. But, uh, again, if you want to bring in your comments or questions, and we got uh, already Jerry saying hello. Jerry's always with us, Rod. He's a, he's a regular with us over here, so uh, we, we appreciate him. Uh, Poppy showing up as well. Uh, hello to you guys. Uh, comments and questions till about 9.50 to 10 o'clock, just kind of depending on when we run through. All right, Rod, the first thing I want to talk about is the Pelicans and some breaking news this morning from Shams over at The Athletic talking about uh, it's not really a surprise, but his news is that Zion will not definitely not be ready for the play-in. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens if they were to make it advance past the play-in into the playoffs, but I don't think anyone could be surprised that Zion is – 
not going to be ready um, this coming week or so, I guess. Yeah, I don't think so. But, I mean, I mean, if you asked me that maybe a week ago, I mean, I think there was some optimism that perhaps he would come back, you know, either tonight or against the Timberwolves. And we, we, were, we weren't really sure because we haven't we just haven't heard a whole lot. But, you know, just kind of the way things are playing out and this team is uh, – so typically, like they have a game on Sunday in Minnesota. Typically they would practice here on Saturday – and then fly out to Minnesota. But this time they're actually flying up to Minnesota and practicing up there. So some of us were starting to think, okay, maybe that means that, you know, they're just going to let Zion go through a really rough, you know, tough practice at, in Minnesota and then play on Sunday. But it uh, looks like that's not going to be the case. And, um, you know, you know, David Griffin put out a statement on Friday. No, on Thursday, my days are mixed up. Thursday, yeah. Yeah, he put out a statement yesterday. And, um, in that statement, you know, he I, I noticed that he mentioned the word conditioning. So I just kind of wonder if this is like if he's if he's healthy, but just not, you know, in condition to run yet. So I just thought it was kind of interesting that he did have that word in the um, statement. So um, I do think Zion is probably close. I think if this team could somehow get through the play in tournament, um, if that's the route they have to take, which it's, it looks more likely right now, I think if they do that, I think there's a good chance that you know, perhaps they can get them in the first round series, but uh, who knows? We've been saying that for like, we've been right, doing this little, we've been doing this two week at a thing at a time thing since January. So who knows? Well, you know, I, I was talking to my son this morning, and one of the things that 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 I see is that for the last I wouldn't say month or so, it seems like they're playing like they played last year when they knew that he wasn't coming back. They're playing like they expect him not to come back, like. You know what? We're, we're gonna. I, mean, I joked with Zach the other day. Um, you know, to hell with you, Joe Boo. I do this myself. I mean, that's kind of how they're playing right now. I mean, they're playing like, all right, we're not gonna have Zion. We just got to do what we got to do. We can't count on him, and and they can play without him. Yeah, I mean, and they. And I mean, they won eight out of the last ten games. So I mean, you have to be impressed with that. You you do think they can win without him, but I don't think this team makes a deep playoff run without him. I, in fact, I don't even know if they get out the first round without him. But I think they can. You know, maybe do what they did last year, and, and if they get the right matchup, perhaps they can do without them. But uh, I just don't know if they can. And I think um, I always ask myself, like, would the fans have been better off hearing in Jan- let's just say January that a hey, Zion's out for the year, or do you think it's better to keep stringing the fans along? And um, I don't know. I think either way you go, I think the fans are going to be disappointed. So it's just a little <laughs> instead of getting that one stab, now you're just getting poked with the with the needle um, every two weeks, I, I know, yeah. and it, it's 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 kind of sad in a way. But I mean, look, I've been I've been talking about this for a few weeks now. I think it's unfair to label him as this. You know, you don't know what he is. He's twenty two years old. I mean, we can't be putting labels on this kid. In in my opinion, especially the B word, people calling him a bust already. I mean, yeah. it's not like Michael Thomas, who's who's thirty years old. That's a completely and first of all, Michael Thomas played for five years, so you can't call him a bust either. I mean, he, he had, he's got NFL records for God's sake. But when you talk about Zion, we don't, we still don't know what he's going to be. Well, he can't stay healthy. He's proven. We don't know if he can stay healthy. We don't know anything just because it's happened, you know, this early in his career. The dude still could be the stud that everybody thinks he's going to be. Yeah, and we've seen how the stud that he can be. I mean, this team was in the uh, at the top of the Western Conference back in December because of Zion. I mean, he, he was a, the reason for that. You know, you always go back and, you know, you look back at Joel Embiid's first at this exactly. point in his career. Embiid missed 114 games at this point. Zion has missed only 94. I'm saying only 94. But he's missed right. 94 games at this point in their career. So, I mean, yeah, I just think it's too early to, to be writing them off. We've seen how good he is. And, you know, there are always those people that are saying, oh, he didn't want to be here and get rid of him. But he wants to be here. I mean, he signed an extension. We, we saw we saw the stuff that he did last offseason, um, just kind of showing his appreciation for the city of New Orleans. And I just think um, he just had some bad luck. And I think when you look at him and his body type, and I mean, he's you see how explosive he is on the court. I think he's a different kind of person. And uh, when it comes to like injuries, and we just have to sort of see how he's going to be able to navigate his way through this. But I, I mean. Every indication that he wants to be here, he wants to play. He hates sitting on the bench and, you know, having to do this. But, it's you know, they're thinking long-term, and you want to make sure he's healthy when, he's, when he right. does. And people say, you know, yeah, how long can you just keep 
you know, doing this and like waiting to see and just put put up, you know, if you put him out there, who knows, maybe he tears the hamstring and he's not even ready for training camp next year. So you have to think about that. And that's where they are and where this team is. And even with him there, it's, it's not like at this point, I think they can be NBA champion caliber, but they're not going to be that this year, even with him. So take your, you know, it's not like you need to rush him out there and see, but You know, it's a shame that we have to talk about that to start, but that is the breaking news of the morning in case you haven't seen it. Um, and I, do, go ahead. I do think, Jim, I mean, if, you know, I think if you go through this again in year four, I think at that point you might start to be a little bit more concerned. If you have to go through this again, sure. I think at some point you have to say, okay, that's it. Just like you mentioned Michael Thomas. I mean, I think if, if he goes to the same thing next year where he's not playing, I think you have to say, okay, that's, that's enough. We, yeah. we, we've tried this and it's just not working. But, um, but right it's a little now, different, though, with Michael Thomas, though, because he's no longer kind of the face right, of right. your – I right. mean, obviously, before he had Drew Brees and he didn't need to be the face. But he right. kind of going in, he was going to be the face of the franchise going forward on offense, right? Right. right. And then he just disappeared. So now right. we don't know what he is. But he doesn't have to be that anymore. Right. But so, you know, that's we'll, we'll get to the Saints in a little bit. But uh, uh, look, I want to talk about the team itself in the playoffs or play in. That's one of our lead questions here. And, you know, Rod, if you go but if you look at what this team has done as of late and I think what is it now? Uh, seven of the last nine that they've won. It's eight out of ten. Isn't it? Oh, is it eight out of ten? No. now? OK, so look, if you look at this Wednesday game, I mean, to me, that is the. It's the craziest game of the season. It comes the third to last game of the season. But, you know, down by 17, they were up by 17 against Golden State and lose. They kind of looked like Golden, what Golden State did to them, don't you think? In, in this Memphis game, that last five seconds aside, they looked like a team that can beat almost anyone. Yeah, man, they had that. Um, it was like a, I think it was three minutes and four seconds. I can't remember. They knocked down seven threes during that one stretch. The Smoothie King Center was as loud as I've probably heard it all season. Uh, other than maybe that Phoenix Suns game, you know, back in, I guess that was December. But, uh, yeah, the place was just really electric and had a playoff atmosphere. And, uh, I mean, they played really, really well. I mean, Herb Jones scores 35 points. Herb, wow. <laughs> Where did that come from? Man, I mean, nobody, yeah, I mean, Herb, it, it doesn't happen. This team's had seven different guys to score 35 points this season. I think only three other teams have ever done that. You have to go back to, like, the Supersonics and – 1971, and I think the Toronto team did it a couple of years back. But that's really impressive to have five. I mean, to have that seven different guys to be able to hit that many points in a season. And uh, this team just has they has a, they have a lot of weapons, and uh, you know, still don't have Jose back. But this is a team that when they're playing like that, they're hard to beat, especially at home. I mean, they can be really good at home. 1971. That's even before my time, and that's how <laughs> yeah, long that's- ago that is. I mean, so we're talking way back. Um, look, it, but if you talk about whether to make the playoffs or the play-ins, and if you look at the standings here, the, the, the teams on the left side, the, the four teams there, they're locked into their seats. They're not going anywhere. Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, uh, Phoenix. I think there's a slight, like a small sliver of a chance Memphis and Sacramento could swap spots because uh, Sacramento owns a tiebreaker, tie but it's not going to happen. Yeah, so, uh, so Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, and Phoenix are tied into there. And you got the Clippers and Golden State, which are the likely five and sixes. We don't know the order yet because they're tied. Um, but still, Lakers and Pelicans both with a chance to get directly into the playoffs. How important is it, and what kind of realistic chance do you think that the Pels could actually get to the five or six spot? Yeah, I don't think five or six is likely. I was looking at uh, – I don't have the schedules in front of me, but um, just looking at who the Clippers and the Warriors play, I just don't think – I mean, because you're going to kind of need them to lose. and uh, well, I mean, and the Pelicans do have a tiebreaker over them, but yeah. I do think the Pelicans can win both of their games, but I just think the Clippers and Golden State are going to really be playing hard, and um, this may, it might be hard for them to, to slip up. And Clippers I, I, have uh, Portland tomorrow night and um, Phoenix on Sunday, and the Warriors have uh, – they're at Sacramento tonight at Portland on Sunday, and Sacramento will be playing their players. They – they're, again, they're they're not locked into that. Uh, they can still get to the two seed, so they they'll be, they should be playing. Then the Lakers are playing against the Suns on uh, Suns tonight and right. against Utah on Sunday. Yeah, and the Suns, you know, the Suns are locked in. They're not nobody can jump the Suns. Right. So I don't see the Lakers. You know, I just they're not going to play. 
yeah. They, I, I know Kevin Durant was talking last night, and they asked him what he played. Because it's weird. He hasn't played against LeBron since Christmas of 2018. And right. it could be the first time they played each other. And I don't think he's going to play tonight either. So uh, they won't. They probably won't see each other. So I just think that I don't. I think it's a, a lot of work for the Pelicans to you know jump into the actual playoffs. But you know they've assured themselves at least a top <clears throat> nine spot, which you know guarantees you at least one home game in the play-in. So. Um, that's a good thing for them. Well, here's the thing, and I don't know that people understand it because I had to go back and look about a week ago to make sure that I was right. But when it comes to the play-in, which is, you know, there's about a 90% chance the, the Pelicans are going to be in the play-in and not the playoffs. Okay, so right. you have to play your way into the playoffs, which is what that is. So there's a huge difference, Rod, between 7, 8, 9. They're not going to be 10, so we don't have to worry about 10, but... You know, it, it, to me, there's probably a 60 to 70% chance at this point that they're going to be in the eight. Right. You just you have to win out to get that. And what that means is the eight travels to play the seven, and which in this case is going to look like the Lakers. So you go play the Lakers, and then if you win that game, you're in the playoffs and you play the two seed in the series. If you lose, you get to play at home against the 9-10 winner, which the Pels were, I believe, the nine last year. Right. Um, so you get to go home and play that. Nine, ten, winner, and then if you win that one, you go play the one seed. If you lose, you're out. So I mean, that's kind of where the Pels are right now, and that's what they have to be looking at. And realistically, that's what they are. But man, it's making that Golden State game look even more important because had they won that game right now, they right. would be sitting at number five. Right, right. The good thing about eight, though, I mean, you do get two chances. You know, you can you could uh, you can lose this against seven, right. and then come back and win and get in the playoffs. Uh, uh, I think to me, the worst case scenario for the Pelicans would be to be eight, have to go to L.A., which will be a hard game to win. And then you know, you really don't want to see Dallas, because right now Dallas is 11. And let's say they sneak in and get that 10 spot. Um, I don't know if you want to play the Lakers on the road and then no. have to back and possibly play Dallas with Luka and Kyrie in a win-or-go-home game. I mean, that, those are just kind of guys you'd rather stay away from. So I think if you're a Pelicans fan, you really need to be rooting for uh, OKC to get that yeah, Let's go Thunder. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I, I think you just like your chances better with them. And, and they're a good team, too. I mean, they're dangerous. And uh, I think for the Pelicans, I think, <clears throat> you know, we're talking about that eight spot, but I think it could very well come down to that Minnesota game on Sunday night. I mean, I think the winner of that could end up being absolutely eight and the loser probably ends up being nine. Well, the winner of that game, uh, well, if they were to end up tied. So, in other words, if the Pels were to lose tonight uh, and the Timberwolves play San Antonio, they're most likely going to win that game tomorrow night. It would be a big surprise if they don't win that game. So, if the Pels were to lose to the Knicks tonight and the Timberwolves uh, win uh, tomorrow night, or, yeah, tomorrow night, uh, then it comes down to those two playing. The, the Pels own the tiebreaker if they win. The Timberwolves own the tiebreaker if they win, so really it would come down to that game. So right. although tonight is is important, if you want to have any chance at the playoffs, and as far as where you go in the play on play in, it probably doesn't matter. But uh, for what it's worth, uh, the Knicks have a lot of injuries there, uh, and the Pelicans are nine point. Well, they don't necessarily have a lot of injuries. They have a lot of players that are going to be sitting because they're, they're locked they're not, in as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the the Pels are well, when I looked this morning are nine point favorites. So they have a nine, you know. The Pels are probably have an excellent chance to win tonight, although they had an excellent chance to beat the Kings because the Kings were sitting some players too. But anyway, uh, Brian Smith, I see your question about the Saints. Um, we're going to get to the Saints in just a little bit. Uh, we want to finish talking about the Pelicans first. A couple more minutes on that. Um, Rod, before we, we, sw- we switch over topics, I just want to get your thoughts on this team, and let's assume Zion doesn't play, okay? Because I, I think that's where we are right now. And you talk about we don't know whether when – or if Jose is going to come back. I think there's a different team with Jose, by the way. I think he really makes a difference. But we know this. T- we know they can't play like they played in the second half the other night against Memphis. They just can't do that. I mean, that's not realistic. So where do you see this team? You talk about how going to L.A. is going to be tough because the Lakers are playing different kind of basketball right now. Let's, let's be realistic and assume that's probably what's going to happen. The Saints are probably – the Saints. The Pelicans are probably going to go – L.A. and play the Lakers in the playing game. If they were to lose that, they're probably going to be home against either the Timberwolves or the Mavericks, or they have to go to the Timberwolves. Or, or you know, so 
What what is your outlook? Where do you see this well, they, thing going? They would have to play that game here regardless if you're the eight. So if you're the nine, uh, you know they'll get one. If you're the nine, eight, or the nine, you you're guaranteed at least one home play-in slash playoff right. game. Yeah. Okay. But so, what what is your forecast as far as what you see? I do think this team gets into the playoffs. I think they're good enough to do that because of the fact that they would have a game at home. And I just think I think if it's a win or go home game, I think yeah. I like their chances against OKC or Minnesota. Again, I wouldn't want to play the Mavericks in a go home game because I just know Me how Luka, I know how Luke and Kyrie can be in that kind of situation, and uh, they'd be so desperate. And um, I'm sure some calls may not. <laughs> not that I think anything is rigged, but uh, I do think you know I think Luca. It's okay. Him. You can say it if you, if you think it is. I mean, this is the show where we give our opinions. Okay. I mean, if you think something isn't kosher or whatever, you you say it here, Rod. I won't get fined, huh? I'm not you like, will not get fined here on Datitude. There is no, yeah, I, there's no fine zone. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the NBA would rather see. Okay. They'd rather see Luca and uh, Kyrie in the playoffs. Than I've a, said it before. And a Pelican team than a Pelican team without Zion. So, you know, maybe Griff, Griff should come out and say, hey, Zion's playing, and then we'll get the Pelicans in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they'll get some calls, some favorable calls. So, um, but, yeah, I think the Pelicans could win at home in a – elimination game and you know and you know you look at it i know everybody was saying yeah they need to be the sixth seed so you can play sacramento in the playoffs because yeah. everybody yeah. thought that was a favorable matchup i don't know if that's really as favorable as you think i mean you saw the game the other to night me, it's more favorable than memphis and and, and, denver. and denver yeah uh, especially yeah. memphis this team and i know they won they found a way to win the but with john there yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean the, this team does the the Pels match up with a lot of teams, but they don't match up with Memphis, period. They don't match up with Memphis, yeah. And, they uh, just don't. Yeah. And I think Sacramento, Sacramento, I mean, obviously if they could have got the sixth spot, that would have been ideal because Sacramento doesn't have the playoff experience. But right. I think that Denver team is a team that, I mean, you, you think eventually Denver's going to get over the hump and get, you know, and do really well. And if they're healthy, they're really good. But I don't think that matchup is – as scary so as you'd rather Denver out of the, the no no I'd rather I'd rather Sacramento for sure okay okay but I think I, I think Denver would be my second choice of Memphis and I know you don't normally say that about a one seed but uh, I just think Memphis is a really tough matchup for this team well I have uh I got Sacramento about three or four weeks ago when I was going through the futures I couldn't believe that the Kings they were I mean even then to me they were kind of locked into the three they've been locked to me they've been locked into the three for like a month now yeah. And they were still 75 to 1 to win the title. Now, I know that they're not likely to win the title, but the way they play offense, who knows if they if they catch fire to me, 75 to 1 was ridiculous. I think now it's down to like 35 to 1 or 40 to 1, but still, if you're looking for a bargain, I mean to me that's the bargain. I mean the the Kings that they're going to be the 3 seed for God's sake in yeah. the West and they're still hovering around 30 to 35 to 1. It doesn't make any sense to me. Was that to win the whole thing or just to win, the, win the whole thing? Uh, okay. So to win the West, there there was something I think it was like now back then I could have got him at like thirty five to one or something, which is probably what I should have done instead of being greedy. Yeah. But uh, I think now it's still now they're like fifteen or sixteen to one to win the West. Okay. So, but I did put a little something on Memphis. So I have uh, Memphis is still fifteen to one to win it all, and I I think like Memphis is a legit legit team to win it all. I think yeah. Memphis can play with anyone. I think so too. Um, I think if I was betting some money on this, though, I, I, and I was asked this on a, another show the other day, and they asked me who would I have in the finals, and I, I went with Phoenix and Milwaukee. I just think, but that's that's the bet in favor. There's no value. Yeah, there's no right. Value there's there. Right, right. You know, I mean, so. this, this 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 wasn't a betting show. This was just yeah, right. Of course, of course. Win, so I just think those two teams are probably the best. Uh, just you know, as far as just a total roster with some experience and just the pieces that you kind of need, and I think I'd pick Milwaukee to win it all. I just think they're yeah, and I don't think you could go wrong there. Actually, I, if someone, if you asked me who I thought was going to win it all, it's in Milwaukee too. But there, and, and again, this isn't technically a betting podcast, although we we do throw. I'm a sports betting writer for God's sake. I got to throw uh, <laughs> betting numbers in there, and the, the numbers on the Bucks, I think they were plus two ninety as okay. of last night. So you can't, to me, you can't bet that. I mean, right. I, if you play this out, if you played out the entire playoffs three times, would they win once? Maybe. But I think I'd rather bet a Memphis, who if you played this thing out 15 times, would they win once? I'd say almost definitely. So right. that's just my opinion. Uh, yeah. So I think you're just getting better value there. But yeah. 
Anyway, the Pels are, by the way, are something like 60, I think 60, 65 to 1. If you played this NBA tournament out 60 times in hyperspace with these same guys, Rod, did the Pelicans win the NBA championship one time out of 60? Without Zion, I just don't, I don't think so, man. No. I, just think that, I think that road just be, would be too rough. I too mean, they're rough. not going to have, they're probably not going to have home court advantage in any series. I mean, and um, this is a team, this is a team that hasn't played particularly well on the road. So yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I just don't know if they'd have the pieces to, to win it all. And I don't even know if they have the pieces to win the whole, the West without Zion. I just think he's that important. And you throw him in the mix, that changes my answer totally. <laughs> It's completely a different team, there's no doubt. All right, let's, uh, we, have, we have discussed the, the Pelicans. Uh, again, big game tonight against the Knicks, home, regular season home finale. If they win both of these games, if they beat the Knicks on, uh, <clears throat> if they beat the Knicks tonight and they win at Minnesota on Sunday, they are guaranteed to have a postseason game in the Smoothie King Center, whether it be as the, seven seed, the six, seven, six seed, the seven seed, or the eight seed. Because if they win both, they can be no lo- lower than eight. Uh, which is where they are right now. But even with the even with the nine, though, I mean, like I said, with the nine, you know, you still get a play. You still get a game at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would be Tuesday or Wednesday night. I can't remember. It would be Thursday. I think the win the seven and eights in both conferences play on Tuesday. Yeah, and the the nine ten plays Wednesday. Play Wednesday, and then and and then the the playoffs start. Yeah, the playoffs start right after that. All right, well, we'll see what happens with the Pelicans. I personally think that uh, I think they're pretty much locked into the eight. Um, I think that's what they're going to be. I think they're going to win both of these games. Um, I think they're going to win both tonight and on Sunday. Um, and I know playing at Minnesota is not easy, and they've had troubles there. Um, but I think, they're gonna, I think they're playing well enough right now, and I think they have a lot of confidence, and I think they're going to look at Sunday as a game that they – they have to have, and they're going to play well. So I don't know what the line's going to be on that game yet. It's not out, uh, but it'll be close. It'll Minnesota will probably be a very, very slight favorite, is my guess, somewhere around two-point favorite. Uh, yeah. uh, but I think the Pelicans are going to win that game. We'll see. All they right, can, let's move on. Go ahead. Go ahead. I said they can win that. They can win that game Sunday and have to go straight from Minnesota. Yeah. I have to fly to LA and play Tuesday. You know, it can be like a really quick trip. So that's kind of brutal. Yeah, you could almost lose Sunday. Not that you would ever try to lose because you want to have those two shots at, at making the playoffs. But, I mean, you could lose Sunday and get an extra day of rest, come home and play on Wednesday against, right. against uh, you know, whoever. Well, uh, uh, the problem is for because the Lakers, again, we talked about it, they play Phoenix tonight and they play Utah on Sunday. Both of them are, are at home. I mean, you, you because you don't own the tiebreaker with the Lakers – not only do you need to win out, you need them to lose one of those games that it doesn't. Phoenix doesn't care. They're locked in the four. They're probably going to sit half their team, which, by the way, that, that's a story for the offseason, by the way, we need to talk about it. I think it's absurd. The NBA, Zach and I got into this long text message thread last night. I, and, I, again, I don't want my ADHD to, to appear again here on a, on a Friday morning, but the NBA's got to do something about just being able to sit players whenever you want. I get it's the end of the season, and I'm not as have as big of a problem with that. But like, what are we going to do about the NBA just sitting stars uh, on the second night of a back to back and all mm-hmm. the? But we got to do something about that. Well, I think, I think the collective, the new collective bar- bargain agreement, where they're you know trying to make you know guys have to play six to five games to yeah to win MVP. That's you know to to win any of those postseason awards. I think that's going to help. Hopefully, but that's and only going to affect like four or five players. I mean, there's only yeah. legitimately four or five players that are going to be in the conversation for MVP. Yeah, I, think, I mean, it, it I goes. Think they ought to have something too, though. I mean, I, there are other awards, and you know, all defensive team. I mean, you have to, you know, play. I don't know if it's for that team or not, but I know it's all NBA and there's some of the other awards. So. Well, to me, they ought to hold part of everyone's salary, out like three percent. I just make up a number. I don't care what it, it doesn't have to be big two two percent three percent whatever it is, and it sits in a fund. And if you play 72 games, you get that 3%. If you don't play 72% uh, that game, it goes to the charity of your choice. How about that? Yeah, or you, or you could or reimburse the fans who came to see you. Uh, reimburse the fans. I, I like that even better. I think that's an even better idea. Every time give a, you know, give a well, gift to the media. How about that? Yeah, yeah what do we think? I don't that's think Steph Curry's played in the Smoother Kings Center. In a while. He didn't play this year. I don't know if he even played last year. Like, I mean, I've talked to some 
parents who brought their kids just to see Steph and uh, you know, they were like, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, It's ridiculous. You can't just sit them whenever you want. So I think, again, I'm not saying it has to be 72 games and I'm, you know, 3% sounds maybe a little much, but in the grand scheme <laughs> of things to them, it's not that much. I mean, I mean, you or I, a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, you could just bury me in a hole tomorrow and let my kids have the house. You take the hundred thousand dollars out of the house and bury me in a hole and they can have whatever's left. I mean, but to them, that's, that's pocket change. Right. You know, I don't know. That's a lot of money to anybody, I guess. All right, let's move on to the saints. And, uh, as we look towards the NFL draft, which is three weeks from last night, uh, that's when it begins. Uh, the first round is on a Thursday in Kansas city this year. I was able to be at last year's in Vegas. I couldn't talk him in to going to Kansas City. Rod, have you been to Kansas City? I would imagine you have. I have. I went. Saints played the Chiefs there. Maybe, man, I don't even know if McCombs was quarterbacking then. Uh, I don't know what the whenever the last time the Saints played it. I don't it, remember the last time they've been Arrowhead. Yeah, and I don't it's even. Been a while. I'm not really good at remembering. No, old because games. the last time they played the Chiefs was Breeze was still on the team. They had that wild game in the dome. They kind of went back and forth. The Chiefs won by three, and their only reason why I remember that it was by three is because they were three-point favorites. It was a push, and the Chiefs had lost like eight games in a row against the spread. So I remember that um, that they they played that one to a push. So that's the only that reason was, why I remember that score. Was that nineteen? That was the, the that was Breeze's last season, right? So twenty was it twenty? Was it the COVID? Yeah, Breeze's last season was twenty. Twenty, which means they would have played in Kansas City, like in. 16? So 16, 17, yeah. 18, yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what it was, yeah. yeah. All right, I, well, I remember nothing about the game at all. And I don't either. I don't remember the last time they, they played at Arrowhead. They have no recollection. I'm sure I could find it in five seconds, but I have no recollection of, of Kansas City. But, uh, you know, I, I'm always, you know, there aren't a ton of major cities that I haven't been to. Kansas City's one of them. I would have liked to go there. I heard the, the ribs are, are wonderful. You know, I heard the barbecue is great. Yeah, we had barbecue. Um, I don't know if you remember Herbie, but he used to cover. Of course, Herbie Ethiopia. Yeah, he, he he had covered Kansas City before, and actually he's back covering them now. But you know, he showed us around. He was the you know he was covering the Saints at the time, but he knew yeah. to go to. So he took us to some really popular barbecue place, barbecue place there, and uh, uh, had a good time. And I remember Arrowhead being loud. You know, you always hear about how loud it is, and it was pretty loud, especially for an outdoor stadium. So. Uh, well, that they are, uh, they've had a lot to cheer about over there, and now they're going to have the NFL draft there in Kansas City. I wonder when it's going to come to New Orleans. It's, it's, it's got to, right? It's got to come. If they're going to move it around, I think it's got to come to New Orleans. It's always during Jazz Fest, though, so I don't know if. Oh, that's true. I just that don't know true. if you can make it happen logistically, but I mean, this city, you know, they probably yeah. could make it happen, but. <laughs> I think they find, they got to find a way. I'd uh, find some hotel have. rooms, and it'd just be a lot. lot that's to, true. It would be, it would be tough. Well, I'll tell you one thing about the draft. It was my first, uh, the first time I'd ever been to a draft and being there. And, and the first night I was there, standing outside in Vegas, and I, I think that within the first hour, I'm not exaggerating, within the first hour I was there, I probably saw 25 different team jerseys there. Yeah. And by the, by, the, by the end of the first full day, I'd seen all 32. So, I mean, it was crazy, and just talking to different – one of the things that, that's great about going to the draft is just talking to different people from everywhere. Yeah. And the different fans and everybody's – now, they're not always cool, and when you go to their home venue, try to talk – you know, if a Saints fan tries right. to go to Philly, they're not necessarily going to be cool to you there. Right. Um, but if you're in a setting where everybody's fans are together, they're kind of cool. So, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that was kind of a highlight in being able to talk to all these different people. But That's um, funny you did that because when, when the Saints went to London uh, this past year and played uh, the Vikings, I, I remember before the game, you know, we got to the stadium early and we just said, okay. Lots let's, of jerseys. Yeah, we said, let's see if we can, find, we can find at least one of every jersey. And it took us like 10 minutes maybe. I mean, they were just It's, it's a, insane. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. kind of events. Yeah. yeah. But uh, as far and then the draft, when you – I tell you, we – we spent the first part of the first night in the media room, but when you go to them and then we had to go, we couldn't get any internet reception in there. We actually had to go back to our hotel. But when you walk into the media room, at least in Vegas, and you walk through this certain spot, you can see down this bridge where everyone is. And it's just this mass of humanity. I mean, it is, I don't know how many thousands and thousands of people, but I look, 
and I've lived in New Orleans my entire life. I've I've ridden, I rode, I ride in Demian. You make the turn from from Carrollton on a canal, and you see this throng. It was kind of like that. I mean, it, you you turn from from Carrollton on a canal, and you see nothing but people, and that's really what it kind of was at 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 the draft. And I'm like, how did they even hear anything or see anything back here? Right. But, uh, you know, it's it's the people that go. So yeah, I think you're right about the jazz fest part of it. Maybe that would prohibit the the draft from being here in New Orleans. But it is an experience. It's not just about the NFL has done it. They're, they've been ingenious about the whole thing, really. Everybody. When it comes to the NFL draft, I mean, they have marketed everything to the T. And uh, you know, Zach was saying not everybody likes the draft. I said I don't think that's the case anymore. Like I never cared about the draft all that much, even like ten years ago. And now it's like it's a big deal for me, and I'm about to start doing my own mock drafts or at least mock positioning drafts. It's just insane what we all have to do now. It is, man. I, and I'm not really – I don't really get into the draft until like around this time is when I kind of really started yeah. looking. But, I mean, there are people who have been, you know, been looking since college football season ended. And, like, yeah, I, I've, and I'm always just doing some other stuff too, so it's a little harder for me to dive in like most people but uh i'm about to get you know i'm about to turn that corner and, and get into it as well yeah well all right we got a couple got a couple one comment one question that i need to show james asked i don't know if you're asking for pels talk but we just spent 30 minutes talking about the Pelicans, so you can slide either slide that little button backwards and hear what uh, rod and i had to say about the pels or uh, you can wait until we're done and you can hear it on demand. By the way, everyone, uh, when we're done with this, with this live portion of the show, like I do every Friday, I go and uh, record my monologue and attach it to this interview and post it, and you can find it wherever you find your podcast. All major platforms, Datitude can be found, and, you know, my monologue is, I know you don't want to hear me talk. You can just fast forward and hear Rod again. That, that's fine. <laughs> you can do that. Uh, Brian Smith asked, is Coach O a saint? That was an April Fool's joke, my friend. Uh, the, Coach O is not coaching the Saints. Um, I know there were some pictures out there and all all this fun stuff, but that was just that was just fun. It was uh, April Fool's joke. He is Coach O is not coaching the Saints. My my son got all excited. First of all, I love Coach O. He's been nothing but nice to me. Uh, I covered his sons playing ball for uh, for a few years, and he, again, nothing but nice to me. But I'm not sure why why. Fans, he, my son's like all thrilled. I heard Coach O's going to be the co-defensive coordinator. And I'm like, no. I don't know where you heard it. It's all over Twitter. I'm like, it's not true. So, <laughs> you know, anyway, we'll see what Coach, I think Coach O's pretty happy uh, laying around on a beach somewhere with uh, uh, a, a woman much younger than him. Let's, let's put it that way. He's, he's probably enjoying, I mean, you know, you would enjoy your time, right? Rod, is that what I mean, you know. All right, let's talk about We're not this. touching that, Jim. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm throwing out the bait, and you're not taking it, damn it. All right, let's move on and, t- and talk about the Saints themselves and what we think they're eyeing. And I, and I saw the roundtable. There was a roundtable on NOLA.com. Uh, I don't know if it was yesterday, the day before yesterday, with all the uh, Saints writers and the columnists and talking about what position uh, we think that the Saints might be going for. And I know Zach Ewing feels this way, and I know the vast majority of mock drafts feel this way. And the first thing I see is defensive linemen. And I think, I, I think you know, you were kind of forced to pick last, so you were just talking about defensive linemen as well. But I just think, Rod, that this team, with where they are, and they invested all this money in Derek Carr, to me, I think you need to go offense. And it's either running back, because we don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara. I mean, he's going to miss six to eight games at a minimum, and there's a chance that he really doesn't play much of the season at all. So you're leaving Jamal Williams on an island who you just get. So to me, running back is the most important position. Second most would be offensive linemen because, A, even if you think you have five starters up front, you can never have enough depth. And with all the money you've invested in Derek Carr. So to me, those are the two positions that I'd be looking at first. Yeah, you know, I put um, – I think on mine on the, in the round table, I think I did say – I said defensive line would be my first choice, but I actually went to linebacker second just because they lost Kay Nellis and Demario's getting, you know, Demario's 34. And I mean, Pete Werner had a good solid season last year. Uh, so I, you know, I, I put linebacker up there too, but I think to me, and those are the three positions for me, defensive line, running back and, um, and, and linebacker. Um, and as far as a running back, I, I think, 
I agree with you. I mean, I think this Alvin Kamara thing is probably going to hit a little harder than people are um, expecting. You know, you almost kind of wish they had when, the way last season went. You wish they had kind of got that suspension out of the way so right. he could be this year, but uh, obviously it didn't work out that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if he misses a big chunk of the season, you really need to have a guy, you know, somebody other than Jamal Williams. And, um, you know, I, you know, I think just having watched Ty J Spears a lot this season, I was, oh, you know, man. I, really big fan of his and um you know, I never got to, for a long time since before I never, got a Tulane. To, I never got a chance to see him at punch a tool oh, I think I may have phenomenal. asked you or somebody before I was like was he really this good at punch a tool and they were like yeah he was it's phenomenal you know, I just didn't I never got a chance to see him but he is a really good player and um you know if the Saints can get him I know that I guess the big you know you got some people that like him and some people that like B. John Robinson from Texas um but you know I think both of those are really dynamic running backs and they're gonna help a team James Riley says Gibbs from Alabama, the next, but faster Reggie Bush, bringing back the short passing game opens up everything else. Kind of why I like Tajay if you can get him later on. Um, but I, I agree with you. And I think that the Saints kind of need to get back to that. Uh, the, the little, you know, scat back pass. And Kamara, to me, has had to do so much by himself as of late, Rod, the last two years without Drew Brees that they haven't been able to use him kind of in that capacity. He's been have to, he's had to be a power back and a speed back all in one, which worries me not only because he's going to miss time because of whatever league discipline he faces, but because he's got wear and tear on him. He's about to be 30 years old. He's about to hit that running back plateau age. So to me, Alvin Kamara is not going to be able to do what he was doing anyway. Anyway, right. Even more a reason to go draft a young running back yeah. like that. And I think they need to do it early rather than later. My, I guess my only thing is I know how, I mean, we've seen over the past few years how undervalued these running backs are. And, you know, I I think you make it get away with getting one at, you know, I think you might can bypass running back at pick 29 and, and, wait, and, and wait until pick 40. Um, but, I mean, you have to – Depends on who's there. Right, right. And B. Robinson is still sitting around at 29. You can't pass him up. Right, you have to get right. I think you have to get him in in that case, yeah. And I think it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen. If you look at all the mock drafts, it's probably not going to happen. But I think it's possible. We've seen running backs, the first running back go until the last pick. You know, uh, you talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire didn't go to the the Chiefs until the last pick of the first round a couple years ago. So, I mean – Running backs are not the same kind of priority that they've been throughout when we were younger, you know. Right. And I just think if, yeah, I think if you get to 29 and, you know, if, if Robinson and Spears are all on the board, though, I mean, do you do you go ahead and grab one or do you say, you know what, I think one of these guys will be here 11 picks later or what do you, I mean, to me, I think that's when it depends. On I don't if know if there are three there, then maybe you take they the chance. Yeah. If yeah. there are only two there, I think you have to take them. Yeah. That's I, just I, my I, opinion. Yeah. But uh, I just think that's the biggest need for this team. Yeah, that That's what we think they need. What do you think um, the team is thinking? I mean, uh, it's so hard. There may not be a harder team other than the Patriots to try to put your head inside the head of, if that makes any sense. I mean, trying to read the mind of Mickey Loomis and company is harder than any other team except for Bill Belichick and company. I mean, they, they, the Saints keep the, their hand closer to the vest than anyone. But with that being said, what do we think that they're thinking? And Dunk always talks about they pick best player available over position. And I think that's because they have their board set up with the positions that they need. Yeah, um, man, I still think defensive line is probably their priority just because, I mean, you look at what this team lost and losing shot total and David Onyemata, I mean, I think, uh, and Marcus Davenport, I mean, you want mm-hmm. to look at I just think I think that's a big chunk of what this defense was last year. And uh, I just think, to me, that's the biggest hole on this team. And I think that's probably the priority. If they had, to, if I had to just say, okay, this is what they got to do, I think that's what I would probably, probably go with. But I do think that, you know, if they have Bijan Robinson higher than any of the defensive linemen and he's there, I think they do go after him. I just think, because I don't think the holes on this team are so big that you just have to, you know, be desperate and just grab whoever's out there. So I do think they'll get, you know, I'm agreeing with Jeff here. I think they, they will get the best player, I think, just because I think uh, they can afford to do that. I don't right. think they're that big. And, again, you got another pick, 11 picks later at 40, so I just think you probably can still find a decent whatever position it is at that point. And then 
as before we go off here, and again, this will be your final chance to get any comments or questions and before we wrap up the show today here with Rod Walker, columnist for the Times Speaking and the Advocate. Um, and uh, Rod and I have known each other for quite a while now. We both covered prep in the same circles when I had left the well, I guess I was with the Picayune and you were with the Advocate, and I, I don't know. I get confused. It was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. I moved crazy. here in 2013. That's crazy. I mean, I get confused. Yeah, we were covering Leonard Fournette and the same. Yeah. I mean, playing high school ball at St. Augustine. I mean, I, man, this has been a long, we've been going around circles for a long time. Um, you know, to me, Hendon Hooker comes in, okay? And there's all this talk of the Saints are going to, you know, there's been talk of Hendon Hooker and the Saints for quite a while now. But to me, it just doesn't make any sense. And I'm not talking about Hendon Hooker himself. I'm talking about the Saints drafting a quarterback in the first three rounds when you have so many other needs. Now, for some reason, a guy like that's not going to fall that far anyway. But if you want to draft a quarterback after the third round and have a project and have someone come and be a backup, but to me, and Zach doesn't agree with me, but Jameis obviously wants to be here. Okay, he he loves it here for some. I know he wants to be a starting quarterback again someday. I just don't know that that spot's going to open up for him. So if you can stay here and be like a, I mean, I hate to put him in the same category as Chase Daniels, but if you can be a solid backup somewhere, you're first of all in these days as a backup, you're going to get playing time somewhere along the way. But if he loves it here and he's willing to play for what they're going to give him, theoretically, you could have Derek Carr and Jameis Winston here for four years. I mean, there's nothing that says that you can't. I think there's a decent possibility. So with that being said, why would you go and draft a quarterback, especially a guy like Hendon Hooker, who's coming off of an ACL injury, and he's 24, 25 years old, and he's never going to be able to – he's not going to be able to get on the field probably until he's 28, 29 years old. Yeah, I think with Jameis, man, I just don't – I don't know what his market was like this year. Like, I don't know if people were blowing his phone up saying, hey, you want to come get us a shot? Yeah, so, I get that. Uh, so I, I don't really don't know how long he'll be here, but I mean, if, if you can get him to stay here for as a backup for three or four years, or I mean, like you said, I mean, there's a chance that car, you know, quarterbacks get hurt. I mean, it happens. We've seen it. <laughs> we've seen it here. Um, and you know, James may get his shot and and do really well. And but if he does that, I mean, what does that mean for his future? Maybe some right. teams. Okay, you know what? Maybe James does still have something left in the tank, and he gets a shot. So I don't really think having a I think bringing Hooker in, you get a good evaluation of his, you know, how his knee is doing, and you know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't draft him in the first or second round. I don't think, but I think they do have a third round pick, seventh first pick. I mean, if he's still around then, and you've already gotten a good defensive lineman and a good running back with your first two picks, I mean, I don't think he'd be a bad choice. Um, I don't disagree with that. If he's still there at seventy-one. Um, because I do think that he can be a starting quarterback in the league. Now, it bothers me that I've, you've, we've only really seen one full season right. from him. And, again, the age factor does make a difference. Um, and you start looking at guys like, you know, uh, Max Duggan from TCU. Is he going to be a starting quarterback in the league? You know, you're going down the list a little bit. But, you know, those kinds of guys is that, you know, everybody wants to talk about Kayla Williams next year and – I mean, but we, you still don't, you never know. Uh, you never know, Rod. You talk about these these quarterbacks, and you never know if they're going to pan out or not. You just don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, a hard, it's a very hard position to to uh, pick. I mean, there are only 32 of them, and there's a reason. I mean, 32 starters, you know, that position. And uh, so, yeah, you don't know, especially a guy, like you said, coming off of an injury like he is. But um, I think that's why you bring him in, though. I think you get yeah. a chance to, you know, answer some of those questions that you may have. I mean, there are, probably are some some questions that you want to see if you can get to the bottom of them. And, you know, if you like it and if he's a player, they really like, I mean, we know how the saints are. They, if they like you, they're going to go after you. That, and, uh, that's definitely true. They yeah. do that. Uh, Brian, who's been with us all, all morning. Uh, we appreciate it. He says, we both have seen him. He's the beer man walking up and down the aisle saying hot beer. Uh, we don't, we don't hot beer. I, I don't know about that. Are you passing in the dome and in the arena and jazz fest, many events, Brian, Bless you as well, my friend. Happy Easter to you as well. We, uh, we appreciate you being a part of the, the show and, um, and coming in. Also, he says, as a disabled vet, no longer able to work, we thank you for your service. We thank you for, uh, for joining us here in Datitude. All right, Rod, uh, closing thoughts here before we, we say goodbye on this Good Friday morning. Um, what are you going to be looking for this weekend? I guess the Pelicans are, are number one, but there's so much going on. I mean, you know, I was watching last night for the first time all year, uh, Brian uh, Skeens, the, the pitcher at LSU, 
kind of faltered a little bit. Uh, came into the game with like a 0-94 ERA, gave up his first two home runs. South Carolina can really hit the ball. They're going to be fun to watch. Tulane got a big win, and uh, they've had a rough start, but they can still get back into things. UNO's looked okay in college baseball. But, you know, we never, we never even talked about the LSU women. Obviously, the story, not just the story of, of Louisiana, but kind of a story among the nation. Um, and it's great to see women's basketball, to me, getting to that next level. What are, what are some of your final thoughts for you off the air this morning? I gave you, I just threw a lot at you. Yeah, I mean, um, I haven't really kept up with baseball. I did see that I saw the LSU score last night and, you know, lost that series open. I think it didn't have a rain delay or something. And they did. You had to pull the pitcher and that they kind did. of ruined that, you know, ruined that night. Things just kind of went, went sour. But this is an LSU team that I think is, you know, the, the few times I watched them, uh, and I really like to watch them because I, you know, I got a chance to cover Trey Morgan in high school. So I just yes. love I love to watch him so play. So do I. I prefer and I like to watch him. Cade Beloso, too, who yeah, yeah, last night. Right. Okay, yeah, for John Curtis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really like to see Trey when he's playing first base better. So do I. He's just so amazing over there. He makes some incredible plays. But as far as the LSU women's game, you know, I was way more in tune to that than I was to um, San Diego State and UConn. I mean, I was, like, pretty locked in on that LSU game. So I, was I. Caitlin which Clark is surprising. Is phenomenal to watch. And, uh you know, the ratings they had, I think they drew like 9.9 million viewers, which is the most ever for a women's basketball game. And I think it was the most ever for a women's, a women's uh, amateur event. event. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I mean, you know, Caitlin and, and Angel Reese will both be back next season. Um, oh, that'll neither, be drama. Yeah, neither one's eligible for the WNBA draft. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll be watching both of them next year. I mean, if there's anything close to a bird versus magic in in women's basketball is yes. probably it. So uh, they're both must-see TV. So You know what's the good part, the best part about that is to me, is they're, the NCAA, you know, you know as well as I do, these things happen. The NCAA is going to do whatever they can possibly do to make sure that those teams play again and if they can get it to happen in the championship, they're going to. Um, so they'll be on different sides of the bracket, and I know we're, like, putting the cart way ahead of the horse. But they're going to do what it, those two teams are going to get whatever breaks that you see the, the, the teams get breaks because we all know they do. I yeah, mean, yeah. Let's, get, let's be realistic. Um, we saw UConn women get breaks for years. Uh, and by the way, Gino's crew is the favorites already for next year. But uh, they'll be on different sides of the bracket and they won't have to play into the end. But it's going to be high stakes drama if they do have to meet again. I wish we could find a way for them to play in the regular season. Oh, I think we can. I think they need to play a tip-off classic in the Dome or in – 100%. In, um, I don't you know. You would absolutely pack the Smoothie oh, King yeah. Center if you put those teams to start in some kind of tip-off classic or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think that – I mean, I, mean, I, I don't think you'd feel like a Dome or anything, but I think you would certainly fill the Smoothie King Center. And yeah, I, I think I'd go should. as a fan if I wasn't doing it as a worker. Right, capacity. I think – I think you, you could fill up almost any arena. I don't think it even has to be in Louisiana. I think you could do it in – I mean, I think – especially Caitlin, I think she's that kind of a draw now. I think people would – you know. I saw the story the other day. I think I was having to change their season ticket plan because of the demand. Is really? Out. Yeah, I mean, that's – Well, and we saw that we saw uh, the PMAC was packed. Out. There were way more fans there for women's games than there were right. for men's games. Right, right. You know, we'll see yeah, the change next year. It was the same way for Mississippi State when their women were – on that little run, I mean, they were outdrawing the men. So, I mean, it, it happens, and uh, especially when you have a, some really good players. So. so so you're saying there were 1,000 fans in Starkville for the women and 500 for the men? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just giving you a little grief. Got to get my little Mississippi State shot in whenever, whenever I can get it. Rod, thank you for joining us on this Friday morning. Uh, what have you got planned for Easter weekend? Are you going to just take a break? or? Uh, you can't really take a break. You know, the Pelicans play, <laughs> Pelicans play Friday. I think I'll have to cover the Crescent City Classic 10K on oh, Saturday. Oh, do you? It's kind of always – I've covered it every year. I've kind of just kind of written, written a column. You know, you see all okay. these people, people in bunny the finish line. In their bunny. Yeah, it's always – it's actually a fun event, and it doesn't take long. So, um, then the Pelicans play Sunday night. So, I mean, it's a pretty full sports weekend. Uh, not Sunday night. They play Sunday afternoon at 2.30. And obviously, that game's going to have some big implications, which we, you know, talked about earlier. You know, it could be them – battling for the eighth spot problem. So. Believe it or not, I ran in the Crescent City Classic five years in a row uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s. I know it's it, if you look at me, it's hard to believe it. And I did it as recent as uh, I think five or six years ago. My wife and I did it together. And I actually ran, too. And I know it's hard, hard to believe. But uh, it, is a fun, <laughs> it is a fun event. Uh, and for those who haven't done it, it's always uh, fun to go out there. I, I forgot to even mention that as one of the big events here in the city with all the things that are going on. It's just 
crazy in New Orleans this time. It is. It and is. It makes you realize this is why we don't want to live anywhere else. Right. I mean, I, why would the you? year goes by so fast because there's always a, it's an event like, okay, I got to look forward to Jazz Fest. I got to look forward to exactly. Essence Fest. It's just always. It's always. Just, it's like my, yeah. If you can't find something to do here, you you probably should go live in like, I don't know, Kansas <laughs> or or Oklahoma where it's super boring. No offense to you people who live in Kansas and Oklahoma, but right. I mean, if you can't find something to do here, you got, you got real problems. All right, Rod Walker, we're going to talk to you again soon uh, before the summer. And as we start looking ahead to, you know, it, we'll be getting into mini camps before too long. We'll be getting into training camps. You know, we were all talking about wins and losses and what our thoughts were wins. What we were all wrong when it came, how many games the saints would win. But, uh, I was wrong. I was more wronger than anybody. But you yeah. were wronger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wronger. <laughs> as wronger as my grammar right there. So yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you ought to. You listen to me for about thirty minutes, and you realize how many I can say in a, in a half an hour. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, don't be too busy. Make All sure right. you make some time to, to to get some good food or something. All right. Thanks, man. Always great to have Rod on. Um, I love his. Usually, generally, I'll say generally love his opinions. Now, I don't know if I agree with this defensive lineman thing, but look, he's he's in the majority on that one. Mock drafts have the Saints picking a defensive lineman. I don't see how anyone, how can anyone think that this team doesn't need a running back first? Again, I'll say it again. Defensive tackles are a dime a dozen. Once you get past the, the top tier, uh, there are a dime a dozen. You can find one somewhere. We'll see. I, running backs absolutely are not a dime a dozen. And they need a lot of help there. They need a lot of help still, I think, on the offensive line. You can't have enough depth there. And for you numb nuts who are still talking about quarterback, you know what I think about that. Exactly. That's exactly what I think about that. So, not going to happen. Let's go out. Uh, let's, let's end this show on a positive note. Oh, no. Can't do it. Zion. I mean, as I go out to today... All I ask is, you know, we're going into this play-in game. So this song is really not just towards Zion. It's kind of towards the whole team. Everything that they've worked for, the ups, the downs, you go through this great hot start. You go through this 10-game losing streak. You lose to the Rockets. And then eight out, what is it, eight out of the last 10. That I mean, they are, the Pelicans are finally playing good basketball again. The only thing I ask is, don't bring me down. That is the only thing. I mean, I had to go back to the 70s. I mean, back when the jazz were playing here, this was a popular song. I know some of you who are younger than the age of 45 wonder how the hell this was ever a popular song, uh, or under the age of 40 maybe. But it was, trust me, don't bring me down. That's where I am right now. Uh, Because it feels like they're on the precipice of doing something either, the Pelicans are, I mean, either doing something great or they're going to bring us all down. Which one is it going to be? We're going to find out in the next two nights here with these two last regular season games. Nine-point favorites tonight against the Knicks. And then they're going to go and play the T-Wolves, likely for the eight or nine spot. And there is a huge difference between eight and nine. And I mean a huge difference. So we'll see which one they get. And then the play-in tournament next week. So by the time we talk next week, we will know the Pelicans' fate for the playoffs. We'll find out soon enough, and uh, we hope you're around to talk about it next Friday. Hopefully next Friday we will be talking about that. We'll find out. But for now, a reminder. I don't need to remind you. You know this already. Spend your Easter weekend with the ones you love the most. Give them all a hug and kiss for me. We will see you next Friday. Have a wonderful Easter. Peace and love, my friends. Don't bring me down.